grossly overestimated. So um, is, is he, I had a I had a professor who hated Jurassic Park. We were like, why do you hate Jurassic Park yeah. so much? Well, turns out he's just a Spielberg fan who was a huge fan of Schindler's List. Of course. And Jurassic Park came out right after Schindler's List and as a follow up to Schindler's List. Which most people don't consider Jurassic Park as a follow-up to Schindler's List. <laughs> but as a follow-up... The eventual up, historical... Very, yeah. goes a completely different direction. Well, I right. mean, I don't think that's the reason. It must be because he's a huge fan of Carnosaur, which came out the same year. Okay. And was based on basically right. a very similar book. Poor Carnosaur. It just did not get the reception that Jurassic Park You know, Park it should have won an Oscar. Dang it. Like, I mean, Clint Howard has been looking for an Oscar his entire career. I think they meant to send him an Oscar, but they accidentally sent it to Spielberg instead. Yeah, it was a total accident. But yeah, we should we should they wrote dinosaur movie on it. And (laughs) yes, it went to the wrong place. Yeah, they just assumed (laughs) we should we should do a whole episode about just one movie and the four of us will just talk about it the whole time. I'm up for that. Uh, (laughs) That'll be fun. First movie can be Forrest Gump. Uh, We should do one from every decade uh, up until the silence. (laughs) Oh, no silent. Okay. Oh, no, you don't want to talk about. I mean, Phantom of the Opera, the well, original. Well, I was going to recommend uh, Phantom Birth of, of a Opera. Nation. <laughs> oh, God. Dead, dead stare. <laughs> like we're doing Crickets. it. <laughs> well, it's four hours of racism. I don't know yeah. if I can. I can handle an hour. Four hours is a little much. <laughs> <laughs> OK, you guys want to get started? Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. I'm Bob. I'm Steven. Hey, welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> We're here to talk about music, music, media, and the mission of Jesus. And, and evil. <laughs> so, um, for everybody that's been listening, this will be the second episode in our series that I have entitled... Is it evil? Is it evil? <laughs> now, we may we may have recorded these out of order, but you should have heard an episode last week about some evil games that have been dubbed evil for life by Christianity. Settlers of Catan? And we <laughs> we would also we would also have established a, a, a baseline of what evil is. So just to make sure that we reiterate that point before we get too heavy into the episode, we'll probably do some um, uh, uh, recapping mm-hmm. on some on certain subjects. Absolutely. But this week we are going to be talking about horror movies and not just movies are the biggest medium for horror, but I would also talk about like horror stories okay. and, and maybe scary stories to tell in the dark. There you go. Yeah. And so, uh, we will get into that in just a minute, but first we are going to do some worship. Yeah, buddy. And in the spirit of the Halloween season slash like season, we're going to do a, another stylistic worship song, like the one we did last time. And so, uh, Zach, wh- what's the uh, significance of this hymn before we talk about the style? This is a hymn about um, about the cross and about uh, Jesus and his sacrifice for us and. Uh, what wondrous love it was that Jesus would come and die in our place. And it's a hymn that was already in a minor key. So I thought it sounded uh, really cool as an Opeth pastiche. Now Opeth isn't uh, uh, superfluous with Halloween, no. but 
typically because they are a metal band from a Dutch country and because of their softer acoustic stuff, it is typically of a creepy mm-hmm. cast. Yeah. We figured the Opeth style of music or, uh, or stone sour. We're kind yeah. of going for that. Mood. It would lend itself mm-hmm. well to the season of which we are doing the series. The season of <laughs> which we are doing this. WH. Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. All right. All right. So, without further ado, Zach, take it away.
thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for uh, giving Stephen the opportunity to come as well. Um, God, we want to talk about you. We want to learn about you. We want to fellowship with you. Um, we want to engage with you tonight. And so, God, again, we ask that you would be a part of all we're doing. We ask that you would be not just a presence here tonight, but that you would be glorified through this episode. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well done, fellas. Well done. Beautiful. Week two. Sneaking closer to October, that evil October 31st that we should never talk about. Satan month. Um, and witching hour, <laughs> the witching hour. So <laughs> over the, good happens after 6 30 PM. <laughs> so over the course of our history as America and then, uh, before, um, there has been some stipulations about certain things that the Christian community declared evil, um, all the way back to tritonal music. Oh, yeah, that's right. All the way up yeah. to modern day things like the A24 publishing company that's that right. makes certain movies. And so, and that's I think if you're a Christian, you should not know what that is. A24 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Blumhouse DVDs. But, gosh. Um, so, okay, so. Isn't Tritone the, the basis for jazz? <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the day, they had Gregorian chants that only used two notes. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, and even that was a little risque. Really? Um, <laughs> so I guess you guys that. aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going <laughs> to. Uh, 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 the devil's note. So <laughs> never go a third in between the one and the five. So um, here's the thing. Tonight, we are going to be talking about horror movies. And as we go through the series, we will begin to again ask the question, is it evil? Okay. Is our horror movies evil or is the idea of horror evil in and of itself? So I will preface this by kind of giving you guys like a, a more or less a, um, a reglossing of what evil tends to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give us a recap from last week. What, so what, we have what a, is evil. So we have this article and uh, I believe we should have shared it last time because it's a great article. So what is the definition of evil? Yeah, it's the absence of goodness. And so evil mm-hmm. can't exist without there being goodness to be defined against. That kind of gives it the standard that makes something evil. Yes. But by yeah. that definition, sin is kind of of the same ilk, is it yeah. not? And what's, well, 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 the, bit, the, the bit, absence of God's influence and will. Well, the big thing know. to remember is that sin is anything that goes against God's against will, his will. Yeah. But, which may not inherently be evil. Was it evil for Jonah to get on the boat and go in a different direction than Nineveh? Can you say that anytime someone gets on a boat, it's evil? Right. No, so, okay. no, but, yeah. but, but, but Jonah it's evil g- because he was going against God's direction. Yes. Point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here's, here's what I will say. I, I did some research and here's kind of my like sum up of what I've read. So it's, it, a sin that happens sin. Yeah. is always a thing that happened, but evil can be, you think? a person can be evil in the Bible. Evil can be used as both, whereas sin can only be used as an, uh, as a act or whatever, or at least that's what the, stu- the studies I've shown. Hmm. And then wit- wickedness is kind of the other one, yeah. which is just like wickedness is the e- the evil associated yeah. with the act. Yeah, there's kind of like... Um, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> like yeah. in James 1, it says... Um, 
James 1.13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. So there's like right. an evil desire and enticed. Is that is is that situation a sin? It can't be because it's just a desire. Yeah, but then a it desire says, is you can sin in your heart, but then you are not inherently sinful. It, it it says after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Right, and sin when it is so. Grown, so anyway, gives birth to death. So let's, it is. Let's it lay, can be a thing. So yeah. so in this episode again, we're just laying the groundwork for that for the understanding because yeah. the Christian argument that would be made would be that watching a horror movie or indulging in horror in any capacity would lead to stumbling, sin. It, the horror genre itself may or may not be evil. So wh- whether or not that's true, uh, we will talk about, but I just want to lay the groundwork for the question, is horror evil? So let's get into it. So um, first thing I want to ask you all, is how do you feel that horror could make a Christian stumble? And and you, I uh, hope you understand the connotation. How could yeah. that pull someone away from God? I guess is a better way to frame that. Anybody can answer. Well, I think it horror itself by by itself as a genre, um, separate from any kind of. Uh, specific content. Okay. I don't think there's anything evil in in the genre itself. Hmm. However, okay. within the genre come certain assumptions. Um, for instance, I think the major problem with horror movies and and me as someone who loves horror movies. We're gonna. You and I are actually very close from what I have heard of your discussion earlier. Yeah. So I may, I may uh, link up with you here, but continue. Yeah. Uh, the major problem for me is sexual content. Um, and that's not, I understand. Necess- that's not necessarily something that every horror movie has in it. Okay. But mm-hmm. a lot of them do. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty common. Exploitation yeah. takes many forms when yes. the door is open for one type of exploitation. Yes. Is that what you're that's saying? A, we, that's a very awesome way of phrasing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that if you were to say that, like, so we've seen, and I, I'm more of a horror buff, uh, maybe me and Steven are more than you two are, but we, ha- we have seen the evolution of film. Mm-hmm. We are both, mm-hmm. Zach, you and I are broadcasting yeah. majors. Uh, what took hold in the seventies was this kind of like uh, expressionism movement or, or even before that, but uh, in other countries, there was the giallo stuff from Italy mm-hmm. uh, in the late sixties, early seventies. There's all of this stuff about, uh, it, you know, showing nudity, showing, showing uh, gore, uh, things like that. Now, yeah. what Steven's point that he made first talked specifically to just horror. Mm-hmm. But that is part of a bigger expressionism movement mm-hmm. that just pushes the boundary. Yeah, yeah and I that's mean, what you're talking about. Movies yeah. as a whole were more wholesome at one point, right? And yeah. there was even like that Hayes Code where well, they every era has had a wholesome things. like yeah. kind of like resurgence. You know, mm-hmm. like um, uh, the, you know, there was a romantic the the rom com period between like nineteen like mid nineteen eighties to like mid 2000s oh yeah it was just like very like uh gushy 
uh, kind of cutesy romantic yep. comedies. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I recently watched a bunch of them on Netflix. And it's interesting because as a child, I had no issue with certain ones and I've rewatched them and have issues with them now. Yeah. yeah. One you example, what they were really doing. well, well, one example is, and I don't want to throw shade, but one example is the wedding planner, for example. Mm-hmm. And the wedding planner is a very surface, like nobody would call that an Academy award winning film or anything, but yeah. I just watched it because it happened to be on Netflix and you can download them uh, without the internet and then watch them without the internet. And so I, sometimes if I'm tired, I will try and watch something at work. So I watched this film and I'm like, wait a minute. Here's the plot. A guy who is engaged to get married to a beautiful, successful Mm -hmm. and and great girl who he doesn't really have any issue with has an emotional. uh, What do you call that? Emotional affair, essentially. Yeah. Doesn't cross a physical line, but but comes close uh, with a girl that is planning the wedding and never tells the fiance even to the end of the film. And then makes it about her like not being ready to get married and then the girl, the J-Lo's character, ends up leaving her guy because of this emotional affair. And at the end, the guy, uh, 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 Matthew McConaughey, he is looked at as kind of like the good guy, but he has done all this crummy, mm. like scummy crap. Like he has been <laughs> like a total scumbag. And I was like, first of all, if I'm J-Lo and I'm the main character, I, I do not, I I would not pick him because he has exuded jerky qualities he's clearly not faithful to his if, if he left his his previous uh lady why what makes you think he won't leave you eventually and he tells her at one point oh well that was just an opportunity for one night that i didn't really think about i never thought i'd see you again but it's all right man yeah it's all it's right, all right. It's and so all right. and so <laughs> and so um one of the t- one of the main things i'm going to get into about the uh, getting us back to horror one of the main things i'm going to get into is that the the idea of a horror movie in and of itself may or may may not be evil in and of itself. I think it is just as likely to find sinful, weird yeah. stuff that Christians would disavow in any other genre. Oh, and, yeah. and, I, and I think most people would agree with you in a right. lot of that regard. Yeah. So what How, we yeah, need I to get to the true. bottom of yeah. is really uh, where the yeah. where the apprehension came from. Uh, and so uh, you know. B- Steven's point is, well, well, it's a doorway, mm-hmm. uh, sexual stuff, uh, things that really Christians should not be indulging in too much. Uh, right, so, yeah. but the, yeah, you, your, your point is correct too, because you do see that in other genres. Mm-hmm. Besides I mean, romance yeah, has yeah. a lot of sexual yeah, stuff. Yeah. Comedy, yeah. I think comedy, um, has really gone like much more raunchy in the past. Well, few like years. American pie, mm-hmm. for example, was a gut check of raunch. Well, it's yeah. funny that made because it to that the big screen, like a that was really film. pushing that envelope at Absolutely. one point. And yeah. I think now yeah. even some things that you see out there even go, Oh, they go way past that. That, that was, yeah. you know, that's uh, that a softball pretty tame, now. Pretty tame yeah. by today's like standards. Seeing, but, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, do you guys, Shannon Elizabeth and do you guys know a single Christian guy who doesn't like Braveheart? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. The, yeah. the gore, the gore, the torture. There, I think there's yeah. maybe even a little bit of sex in there. There is a little him, too raunchy. Him and uh, uh, what's her name? The, the 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 girl, the princess chick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I and and right. So how is it different, yeah. right? Yeah, and I, but, I'd say the same thing. Like yeah. I love Die Hard. I think most guys love Die Hard. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there's two or three total nude sections in that movie. Yeah, they're right. quick. But they're there, and right. we, and yet every one of us Christian guys probably sits down and watches Die Hard every Christmas. 
whether it's on TV, whether it's on whatever. I'll admit, I might be a little strange. I just, I can't remember the last time I've seen Die Hard. My family has a list of what we call alt Christian films. Zach and I have talked about this, that are movies that you wouldn't think of as a Christian movie. uh, Sorry, a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, Christian. (laughs) Die Hard's not Christian. Die Hard is, I mean, Uh, um, you can make the point. For example, like Batman Returns has Mm -hmm. a Christmas tree scene and all this stuff. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, You know, uh, Die Hard, same thing. And so, okay. So like, so let me, let me kind of uh, make some talking points about horror movies why they might be stumbling blocks that we've already talked about. Yes. Oh, then the first one's going to be my main point. Okay. And that is the fact of glorifying evil. So the, the glorification, uh-huh. c- you could make a case as a Christian mm-hmm. that by loving horror films and loving slashers, yeah. seeing the, the girl with her boobs hanging out, getting cut down in a shower yeah. uh, is, is a temptation for glorifying that to the point where, you start to love it, uh, you know. Uh-huh. And yeah. I have a scripture here. Isaiah five twenty says, "Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." Now, yeah, that that is a true thing. And I have friends. Yeah. I have a movie club. Uh, they they love gore and all of that stuff. They're not they're not believers. Um, so they probably see those kinds of things in a different light. But that is one that we should talk about. So that now, now, now to be clear, I don't think most people who see these films and enjoy them necessarily um, view that as being good as much as it is they take enjoyment in yes. the evil. So, the entertain- so well, it's the entertainment. Yes, knowing that it's not real, but giving yes, the entertainment yes, absolutely. value out of mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So, so there is glorification, mm-hmm. which would be like putting that up on a pedestal. Like that's awesome, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. But I also wrote on here enamoration with evil. And what I mean with that is that you uh, you become almost fascinated with things like the occult. And yes. that mm-hmm. is a fear Christians might have about yeah. horror films. I'm not these are not things that I believe are true or untrue right now. I'm not gonna sure, make that sure. distinction. I'm saying these are things Christians might feel are stumbling blocks of horror movies. Um mm-hmm. also being subjected to any occult or satanic things mm-hmm. at all, like learning about mm-hmm. them. Uh like movies are very informative. And so if a director was trying to uh, really uh, uh, do some research to really like get the story to be firm on like this Mm -hmm. demon or something like, for example, um, uh, for example, uh, uh, there's a movie called Hereditary. It's Mm -hmm. a 24 film by Ari Aster. I think this is the director. And um, it it definitely is a like a demonic cult like the wicker man or any of these other ones. And so that one goes really deep into like demonic lore. Oh yeah. And so How you can, bees does it have <laughs> How the much bees. Money? The bees. <laughs> not the bees. Um, so <laughs> another, another aspect of this would be desensitization. And so that is yes. a serious topic yeah. Yeah. that I find to be a thing I come back to, not just with horror films, but with everything. Uh, the the idea that we would see so much of it yeah. that we would almost feel casual about it. Like it would almost be like, oh, well, I've, you know, like, for example, if somebody today watched The Exorcist, Hmm. they might not be as shocked. That's a really good point. I remember my mom told me a story about going to see The Exorcist Mm because she went and saw it at the drive in back in like the 70s when it came out. And she said she was so scared by The Exorcist that she drove home and was literally like seeing the girl 
in the treetops. Like she right. was like seeing things. Very, very like scary. She was yeah. horrified. Sure. And I remember people talking about Jaws and like being afraid to like yeah. go in the, the water. Pool. Yeah. In the pool. Yeah. Even, no, you know, no, back, back in our college yeah. days, Zach, you and I, we watched uh, with a group of people, we watched Children of the Corn. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> another, okay. Uh, okay. Another yeah. uh, uh, religious alternative. Uh, that's uh, true. And I remember sure. at, at the major climax of that film, okay. We didn't, we weren't shocked. We laughed the yeah. entire us. We laughed at the right. major climax of, of that film of, of what happens. And yeah. it was, it was because by, by today's standards, it, it just, it just did not make it much, was much things were just scarier in the seventies and eighties. I, I guess we were not desensitized. <laughs> well, that might be a thing, but, but it's also, it's also yeah. an aspect of special effects. I'm sure the special effects played into it. The yeah. fact that seventies yeah. level special effects did not hold up. I would say that the later, exorcist or 30 plus years. I, I would argue now I'm not glorifying, but I am saying I would argue that the exorcist holds up today. You think so? Okay. Yeah. Let's, I really I, do. <laughs> let's hang on the exorcist for a minute here. Please. Because I, I think there's the a exorcist, lot to unpack with the exorcist. I, um, I don't want to hundred percent recommend or dissuade somebody from the exorcist. Um, and, and I think there's, there's a few major points to be made about it. I mean, the first thing is that the exorcist is the best horror movie ever made. Okay. That's debatable. Maybe, but I'm not saying it might it's my, be an objective. It, fact. Well, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. It's not. I'm not even saying it's my my favorite one, but I think as far as what a horror movie is trying to do, it is the most successful in that. So and that's be an because here in your mind. <laughs> Yeah. Do we want to really talk about your ranking <laughs> yeah. system? Yes, no. <laughs> we might go movie. We're probably going to do that eventually. Well, we we should, but any but anyway, with, with the Exorcist, it's the most controversial movie of all time because it still stirs up controversy yeah. today. It's based on a true story, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. it's based on um, a true story, actually, of a a, a young boy being uh, possessed. Um, William Peter Blatty, uh, the writer, um, and I will recommend the book. I'll, I'll pretty much blanket recommend the book unless uh, unless you just feel a turn to away from horror films and horror, away from horror books. in general. That's another yeah. medium of this thing that we're going to be talking yes, about. Yes, but but I, I would probably recommend that as a blanket term. Mm. He also wrote the screenplay. He was uh, a devout Catholic, um, passed away a few years ago. Um, he's a, a, a really good filmmaker and a really good writer. Um, and... Uh, Yep, I just did that. Cut Make a out. note, Bob. Make a note. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Make a note, Bob. I, I, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't. Your face. I couldn't my, but, <laughs> my button was uh, jabbing me in the tummy, so I, I was trying to adjust it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to unbutton my pants. Jab me in the tummy. Okay. <laughs> I should have worn a... Uh, Gym shorts, but I've been having problems with chills because of my being sick. So I wore pants today. Oh, gosh. Which may or may not have been a weird thing. Sorry about that, Stephen. Oh, no, it's fine. It was hilarious. All uh, right. So your point. But my point with, with The Exorcist is that it, it, I do agree that it still holds up today. Um, and I think part of the reason that it holds up, particularly to people like maybe us, you and me, is that okay. we, we are Christians who like horror films. Well, I would make a, I'm going to build on your 
your thing. And I want us to go back and forth about this because the Exodus, there's so much to unpack. I think there will be sections in our episode continuing on where we'll go back to the Exorcist. But it's I will say... a good example for a lot of the things we're talking about. It, it, yeah. it, it really is the crux of my argument. And I've seen it. Yeah, you have. Mm-hmm. Bob, have you seen The Exorcist? <laughs> I'll be honest, I have not seen The Exorcist. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, to, to build on Stephen's point, The Exorcist is controversial. Mm-hmm. There are reasons why it's controversial. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church had a problem with The Exorcist. Right. Billy Graham had a problem with The Exorcist, supposedly. It never really... Uh, a hundred percent on that. Some people say yes. that he said that the very celluloid of the film was inhabited by a demon. The girl who plays the girl in the exorcist Linda faced Blair. a lot of, uh, 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 I wouldn't call it oppression. I would say she faced a, a she then was looked at mm-hmm. as evil. Can you imagine if in she real had life Instagram back then? Yeah. She was oh. then looked at as evil in real life. Yeah, right. They said like, Oh, she's, she is legitimately like possessed because how could she be like that? You know? Yeah. And so how could she be throwing up that much pea soup without <laughs> an actual demon? And, and the controversy surrounding the exorcist was interesting. And I want, I want to make a big point about the exorcist, but I will just say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll see it back to Steven. The exorcist may be one of the most Christian messaged yeah, horror uh, movies yeah. of all time yeah, not yeah. just horror movies yeah. yeah like we will we there is there is probably four or five different story points in that film that really take hold of what it means to be a christian yes continue um, steven sorry I'll, I'll no 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 you're good i think you added a lot there and I, I think you're right that it is it's one of the most pro-christian movies period um there there are problems with it that there are some. that make it really hard for me to justify watching it sometimes. However, right. however, if we just want to talk about positives of The Exorcist, you've got the we don't um, just have to, but yeah, okay. Well, if we want to start off by talking about positives, um, you've got the fact that in the real world, after The Exorcist was released, one of the highest counts of um of uh, the Catholic Church receiving applications to, for people to become priests. Um, right. This the Catholic is a Church had thing. a big issue with both the book and the movies almost blase, and I wouldn't say blase, but they had this problem with the movie suggesting that you you as uh, could become this exorcism priest not necessarily ordained by the Catholic Church. Am I wrong about that? Uh, uh, that's what I understand. Now, that's I think, interesting. <laughs> I think they had a problem, but at the same time, a lot of people wanted to mm. become priests because they saw a good in it. Um, right. they, they, they saw a good in it that's because specifically because specifically of Father Marin. Um, uh, I cannot... Max von Sydow uh, yeah. played Father Marin in there. It, it, um, what is it about it that they, that they, they saw? Is it, is it the fact that you see someone overcoming evil in this i think it's it's funny because technically 
the Catholic priest in the film does not overcome evil. N- neither of them do. Uh, I, I think in a way. Should, all right. Should we be okay with spoilers for yes. a movie made in the year 1973? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's close to 50 years old. I think that's the spoiler mark. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think so. Gone with the Wind is just now being spoiled for people, and it's <laughs> devastating. But Was it's, Bruce Willis <laughs> alive or dead? Um, he probably was like in, three in or four. Exorcist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as far as um, it being a, a good representation of, of uh, the priesthood, uh, Father Marin is portrayed as someone who has struggled with evil his entire life. Mm. Um, he, he, it is a known thing for him. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like what Steven said, it's, he acknowledges his failing with it. Mm-hmm. That's important for Christian Waugh. Yes. And yeah. uh, uh, same thing with uh, Father Karras uh, in the film played by uh, Jason Miller. Who is even more so potentially because he's younger. He is the understudy. He's mm, potentially yeah. more so susceptible. Yeah. Uh, Father Marin, Ma- Father Marin's uh, positive aspects here. I mean, I, he, he's sort of. He is not the main character, but he is the sort of... Um, the I would grav- say he's the main support character. He's the gravitas hero. You know, yeah. he you've got the, the old... Um, uh, he's sort of the old wise guy of the movie. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of movies that have this, a yep. lot of literature that have this. Gandalf. That's him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if only Gandalf was in the exorcist. Oh, he basically was now, uh, in some ways he has, all, he has a lot of wisdom, but he also mm-hmm. remember in the Lord of the Rings film, he doesn't take the ring cause he knows he'll be tempted by it Yes, in the same way of the exorcist. Uh, he knows that he has problems that, he may not survive from. I think, he, I think there's a point in the film where he even acknowledges that they could potentially die. Yeah. Like he acknowledges that fact. And in fact, uh, father Marin does end up passing away in this, um, in, in this battle with the demon. What I'm trying to say is positive about the way that it presents the priesthood is that, um, Marin has this, total understanding of what good is and what evil is. Um, he has a, uh, he has experience fighting evil and experience trying to, uh, bring about good in the world. Um, he is, uh, he's willing to fight to the death, knowing that this is going to be the last time that he fights this demon that he's been fighting his entire life. He's going to go up against him, and he knows he's going to lose, but he knows that the demon's going to be defeated as well. Uh, And so he's willing, in order to bring about the salvation of this young girl and her mother, he's willing to sacrifice his life. Same thing goes for um, Father Karras, played by Jason Miller, who is dealing with a huge struggle of faith. He doesn't want to get involved in this at all. Um, yeah, he's he's not necessarily a skeptic. Mm-hmm. He is just like a jaded kind of like he's been in the priesthood and he's very like this is all dumb or he, whatever. Well, he he's thinks. he's about to lose his faith. He's yeah. he's going through a lot of problems. I think he's dealing a lot with the problem of evil because inside of himself because he's let his um, his mother pass away in a yeah. uh, in a nur- not a nursing home, but let her pass away in a home by herself 
Uh, he's left her to to her lonesome while he goes and deals with um, other things. Uh, it, but he's he's having trouble believing, and it's only when uh, when he sees the sacrifice of Father Marin that he's willing to. Uh, give up his own life in order that another person may live. He, in, in essence, he becomes the uh, <laughs> he becomes the pigs uh, that run off of the cliff. That's mm. very true. So interesting, okay. interesting, interesting okay. parallel. Let me there. put a pin in it for now because we do we should move on a little bit, but we're going to come back to the exorcist. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be going back and yeah. forth on a lot of this, and yeah, it's yeah. going to be a hell of an editing job. <laughs> so. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But that that leads nice. me to the final point of maybe a stumbling block, which would be a controversial message. Yeah. A lot of Christians have issues with horror movies that have controversial messages. Another one is Carrie because the mother is very Christian and mm-hmm. sees her daughter as this kind of like pagan witch kind of or, or, or unholy, mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And she believes it is her uh, duty to like kill her own daughter, like kind of the uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, 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 Isaac, uh, uh, Abraham and yeah. Isaac situation. Now, with, again, very controversial, but I want to get into uh, a, an idea. Just throw it out there. I have these two ideas that have to do with horror and evil in the Bible. Okay. And then we need to, we probably should jump into some Bible scripture. So, and then we'll come back to the extras probably. Cause uh, I also want to talk about Rose red and a few other films that I Stephen find King. are well, yeah. Stephen King is he's flip flopped on Christianity and he's and today. Yeah. I would say he's probably a non-Christian, but uh, we uh, doesn't mean a lot of his books don't have good Christian messages. Yeah. Have Christian themes for sure. I, I may, yeah. I may also do some, especially uh, maximum overdrive. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I> <laughs> yes. It's, it's the best Christian film of all time. <laughs> ACDC. The first, the first point I want to make about horror is the identification of evil. Okay. Yes. Every other genre of film that you see does not clearly identify evil. And I'll explain why. Because when it's a romance, when it's a comedy, mm-hmm. when it's a drama, anything like that, a lot of times we get very blurred lines because yeah. the portrayal is that people are complex, which which we are, which we are. Now, with horror films, a lot of times we see a clear and concise personification of evil. If it's aliens, if it's mm-hmm. slasher guy, if it's a witch, if it's whatever it is. Um, so isn't that funny though, that it's kind of the same thing with like fantasy sci-fi. Yeah. So with, with fantasy, with fantasy and sci-fi, which contain the bad guys, elements, the bad guys have Mm -hmm. red Mm -hmm. swords and the good guys have blue (laughs) or green or sometimes purple swords. (laughs) There's a great video you should look up sometime about that. But, Um, but you know, like. Uh, Indiana Jones is an example of a non-horror film yeah. which portrays evil, but because it portrays evil, I would argue that those elements are horror elements. And they're yeah. or fantasy, like it's kind of like the more um the more stylistically portrayed something is, yeah. the more you can delineate like this is clearly evil whereas yeah. you right. wouldn't have like this is the good guy, this is the bad guy in something that's a well, bit more it, realistic. Right. It seems it seems in cinema that the genres have specific duties assigned yeah, yeah. to them for yes. for commenting on morality. Yeah. Comedies, yeah. I think, um, try to present evil as funny. Tragedy yeah. plus um, time. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, comedies believe seem to try and make the point that evil is funny 
or that so, suffering or, or trials, that, or that they parody funny, uh, parody evil. Yeah, yeah. the uh, uh, drama seems to want to blur the lines the most. Um, yeah. especially in modern times where you yeah. uh, let's not you get have like anti heroes. Yes, yeah. uh, action I think is the closest to horror. Because there's almost always a clearly delineated good guy and bad guy, even though the bad guy sometimes commits small genocides. So, well, you mean the good guy? No, yeah, the good guy. The good guy often. The bad guy does too, but but there are a lot of but there are a lot of action Mm -hmm. films where the the good guy are not necessarily like. For example, um, there's a movie called The Rock. Maybe people haven't seen Mm -hmm. it with uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, and. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, but uh, Ed Harris is the name of the oh. the, the main like bad guy. But yeah, you find true. out that the Ed Harris guy isn't bad necessarily, and he was just bluffing the government uh-huh. into giving these like soldiers like retirement or something. And when they wouldn't do it, he was like, "All right, we got to call it off." Mm-hmm. But then by then it was too late, and you mm-hmm. know. So a lot of times there is blurred. But you're right. A lot of times action does have a bad guy and, and a good in guy. In action, they also say this is glorifying violence a lot of the time. Yeah. That's true. Interesting parallel. So there. I would argue yeah. that the times when violence gets really, really violent in an action film and it is, it is, you know, those are elements of horror. So a horror film would be all the violence, none of the justification or all the, all the violence and none of the glorification. Now there are, a twenty four and new horror. The new horror move, uh, movie movement mm-hmm. uh, is glorifying evil in some regard, and so we're going to get into that. But here's what I want to talk about. So one of my main points here would be the identification of evil, which the Bible is very, very clear on. Right. So right. Uh, my note is the Bible makes clear identification of good and evil, and it, and it, and it God would tell you. Think of the things of the Lord. Think of the things of that of of Christ. Those are the good things to dwell on. Don't be mm-hmm. deceived by evil. Uh, I read the scripture earlier about uh, don't deceive evil for good. Um, and so the identification of evil, I would argue, is very very important. Uh, does do horror movies t- tend to go too far? And is there a blurred line over what's evil and what's good? Sometimes, yes, but. I think it is very, very important for Christians not to. Uh, I, I believe that a Christian who tries to hide from evil will have shell shock when they're an adult. Uh, not saying that you should show your kids the shining. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying a clear identification of evil yeah. isn't inherently bad. Right. That's my first argument. You know what? That's that's a very fair point. And what I'm and the reason why I say that is because there have been plenty of studies to back up the idea that many children. Who who grow up in very Christian households? I say very Christian. That's not the right term. Sheltered, maybe sheltered Christian households. Yeah. When they go off to college, they are the ones who tend to be the most party animals. Yeah, they go wild. For for example, yeah. um, some of the local Christian universities in my state um, have right. bigger parties than the public university could ever dream of. And the reason why is because the kids get to college, they finally have the first breath of freedom their entire yeah. life. And they go nuts because they have no idea how to control themselves. And they've right. been so sheltered, they don't even know what evil looks like anymore. Right. Or at least they don't care because they've mm-hmm. been so sheltered. I'm not sure what the real issue is there. But the point is, is the fact, yeah, it, without a clear understanding, a clear distinction of, hey, look over there, son. Hey, look over there, daughter. 
that is evil. Yeah. Yes. Right. So rather than rather than putting your your finger your hands over their eyes and refusing to let them even experience it. So history, let's say the Nazi uh, part of history, absolutely uh, is the a horrific. Whole, tale. You mean that time when there were mean people in Germany that we won't mention? Right. So. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to oh get goodness. political. This is not going to be political. There was a guy in Germany that was not so nice. Oh we won't gosh. mention his name. Right. No. So we don't want to be demonetized. Right. But so there, so there was a, there was a time. What? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get political. He's Later. just, he's teasing. Uh, so what I'm saying is uh, there are a lot of horrific events from history. There are a lot Absolutely. Of, yeah. There are a lot of horrific events in the Bible. Yeah. Us identifying those things as evil is why they have less of a chance of being repeated. Now, extrapolate that to the Bible. When God calls out things as evil through the prophets, mm-hmm. through Jesus, mm-hmm. through his own words, through the Ten Commandments, he is identifying evil. He's identifying sin and wickedness. Sure, sure. So, but just because are, they are horrific doesn't make it evil. Well... It depends, but yeah. God, even when th- there, that is an argument you but, could but, make because, because yeah. that is the crux of the argument, right? Is horror evil? It, just because it's horrific doesn't make it evil. Well, that's true. Is it evil to read those stories? Well, it's not evil to read the Bible. So, so, yeah. so the, the <laughs> but, word, the word evil yeah. though, like there is a scripture I'll read later, but uh, it says that God allowed yeah. evil to be done unto yeah. the people of Judah at this one part because of their sin right mm-hmm. so evil in that context yeah. is harm yeah. it's it's a translated hebrew term for harm not necessarily oh, sin okay. yeah but but anyway so i, I want to ask a question about identification of evil yeah let's hear it so you know we're talking about it is important i think for christians to be able to know like clearly like this is what evil looks like right um i guess my question is we're kind of talking through this is um, when it comes to horror movies, is that um, a method that is valid for teaching that or is or are the negative things that we talked about, like the possible stumbling blocks, does that outweigh ah. the possible teaching element? And are there better ways to teach that? So exorcist, let's go back to the exorcist um, in the exorcist. The personification of evil is the possessed girl. Sure. That sure. is the but. That is the, the girl is the surface level. The true evil yeah. is the demon and evil itself in a way or or, 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 or de- being it's, demonized yeah. itself. The idea of succumbing to evil or to uh, to this demon is the is mm-hmm. the evil element. Now, when we look at that film we aren't rooting for that right because we can see the destruction uh-huh. we can see the 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 withering away of this girl and the withering away of the other characters mm-hmm. we see the fruits of that evil right and so what we then root for is any hero to put an end to it whether or not it's this uh, 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 old but wise and maybe determined guy or this young like out of left field maybe has a chance to stop it or God himself and that is where I want to transition to because and, and I will answer your question but I want to finish my point overcoming evil is always an element of any horror film whether or not it's successful or not 
The audience mm-hmm. wants the evil to be overcome. That is the story like mm. push. Okay. So in the Bible and many and many other places, when evil is overcome, a lot of times it is for the glory of God almost every single time. But also there are folk heroes like Elisha or Elijah and Elisha mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. who on God's behalf overcome evil. Like when Elisha overcame the evil children by calling down the bears to maul them to death. Go up, bald head. Or yeah. or when Elijah overcame Elijah's jipping of his deal and actually <laughs> argued into getting a second portion or Which a double was even portion. A double portion. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so anyway. <laughs> we're not going to do this. I'm going to start to <laughs> blaspheme just as making jokes. So when a, when a hero overcomes, so uh, a great example in a film I would recommend for Christians to watch would be A Quiet Place. It isn't the perfect horror film. There are issues with the film. But one of the main messages of this film is how important family and, yeah. and love is to this family that is going through a trial. And yeah. the trial is so traumatic but the father never forgets that it is important for him to instill in his children the idea that he loves them and would do whatever sacrificially. And so um, I think that's a very good movie. And I, my wife, who does not really like horror movies because she does not enjoy any of the scary kind right. of stuff, she enjoyed that movie because it had that um, it had that theme of like family and bonding together and. Um, fighting off the evil force and, and right. overcoming it. And yeah. so, and so there are several examples I could cite even like action or slashers, like even like Friday the 13th, for example, no real Christian uh, stuff in there at all. But even as a Christian watching Friday the 13th part one or two, I would, or any of them really, I would say, man, I just want to see, you know, obviously, if you Jason does go to hell, he so does the, go in to a hell. way, don't watch Christian. that. That one's number nine. Apparently, is the worst one. I would argue number three is the worst. But um, so here, here's the scripture oh I want to. Here's the scripture I want to read that ties both overcoming evil and identifying evil together. Here we go. Romans five, starting in verse three, says, "Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope." And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Spirit, oh, well, copied it twice. But um, so what I am saying is a lot of times when we see a hero overcome, what we what we, jo- we find joy in this idea that they had survived this ordeal mm-hmm. and have come away like overcoming that trial. And it's important because the Bible uses that plot over and over and over again. Sure, sure. The, you know, so what are we talking about when we talk about horror? Mm -hmm. Christians have a huge issue with the acts of the evil person Mm -hmm. or the evil people or the evil entity of horror films. That is where we're going to see the most controversy. Mm -hmm. But I digress to my original point. If you do not want to identify evil... You get movies like, um, not to throw shade, but you get certain Christian movies that have a very glossy reality on the world that do not portray it very well. I feel like Christian movies very much avoid anything icky. 
And yeah. part mm. of that is their stance on like, why would I want to film, you know, people d- having sex doing drugs? I understand that. Yeah. I understand it. I but you also they, need a film that's going to be yeah. even even remotely realistic to the yeah. company. Relatable. That's, kinda, yeah. that, that's complicated, so, like, as life is, yeah. in fact, complicated. With Christian movies, especially, like, God's Not Dead, and we've talked about that on the Christian movies episode, I think they do identify good and evil, but it's like their identification of evil is so... Um, kind of wacky really in a way it's, it's like the, it's the it's happy like this, is, this is the bad atheist and he's really mean because he's an atheist it's the and, pepperidge farm of like yeah. evil. it's like the very nice like like cleaned up like Dean not Kane dirty d- dumps his girlfriend because she has cancer because he just doesn't love god <laughs> now sorry dean we Kane. talked about the movie silence before this episode that is an adverse totally like christian story mm-hmm. like a real true account but it's not a film I watch again, and we can talk about that in a minute. But um, there is there is a point where you have to say evil exists, and we're not really experiencing it in this film. Mm. That is when I would argue that horror does have its place in a Christian community. Yeah, because it really does identify. I mean, some some movies like The Evil Dead and stuff like that just go way overboard, you know, and it's still like the point of it's silly and stuff like that. And it's almost a comedy in that it's so over the top. Right. But then you get movies like The Conjuring, which are very horrific and deal with kids being possessed and parents going nuts. And uh, you have a person come in who is a total Christian and they overcome this evil. Mm-hmm. I've so heard good things about The Conjuring, but I haven't people seen it. Who, yeah. pe- Christians yeah. who haven't seen The Conjuring, it is a little intense. It might be a little sharp for your first viewing if you never viewed a horror film. But. Darn it, if the messages of both the first and the second one aren't very good, and whether or not you agree with who the Warrens are, it's yeah. their, their, their characters in the movies are good. Yeah, uh, that's, that is uh, something to put forward. The Warrens were probably frauds, but uh, yeah. maybe, maybe. I don't want to... My point... What, my, what, what's her name? Uh, the woman is Elizabeth. still alive. Yeah. My, my argument towards the Warrens is whether or not they're frauds, they their willingness to go and at least like meet with people and, and, and proclaim, you know, Christ and stuff probably is in the better direction than other people out there that are like, Oh, I'm a medium. And you know. yeah, there's a so. possibility, but as far as, as far as the conjuring goes, um, let, let's, let's kind of camp on that for just half, just a couple okay. of seconds. So yeah, Steven, what, what about the conjuring? So with the conjuring, if your problem is, if you're a Christian and your problem with horror is content, specifically, I'm talking about um, sex, drugs, um, rock and roll. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I mean, because you don't you don't want any kind of striper in there. It'd be the worst thing on the planet. <laughs> um, but uh, if your big problem is sex, drugs, um, uh, nudity, uh, cursing, even. I can think of one problem with The Conjuring, and I think it's the D word once over two movies. Sure. And that's it. There's there's almost nothing in there as far as that content that I would even remotely say is problematic. What do you guys think about the fact that kind of in our culture, especially in Christian circles, Mm -hmm. we have like a huge problem with 
sexual content, but not very much problem with violence. I've even heard that. Well, he made that point earlier about uh, Braveheart and about. uh, I've heard that straight up from like a campus minister. Watch all the violent movies you guys want. But if it's got sex in it, no. Well, all right. Uh, I want to I want (laughs) to camp on that for a second as well. Um, I was saying that um, I fully recommend Friday the 13th Part 5, but I think there's too much nudity in it. Um, an unbelieving person came up to me and said, well, why would you recommend it because... Why would you recommend it with with reservations on the nudity when there's all this murder going around? I said, because in every circumstance of nudity, it's always real. In almost every circumstance of violence, violence is almost Mm. never real on screen. The human eye can detect the difference. People even talk about this as yeah. far as CGI and latex, um, uh, as far as makeup effects and special effects. I understand effects. your point. Um, yeah. It's real. It's a real person. Okay. You're looking at yes. an actress. Yeah, you you are always mentally committing adultery. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me just ask let me ask you a question. Um, do you believe that nudity of any kind is a stumbling block for any Christian? Yes. You think so? Yes. And uh, I'll tell you why. Because blanket in the Bible, um, it seems to me that seeing another person nude outside of um, medical or child care. I was about to ask about medical. Both of, both of those would most likely be considered sin. But even seeing nudity is supposed, it seems to me... To or be at the a very sin. least, it's shameful in that case. Yes. And then there's the scripture mm-hmm. where Jesus says, you know, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you yeah. commit yes. adultery and in your I, heart. And I, yeah. uh, but I think I, th- yeah. <laughs> I would probably uh, go with uh, <laughs> go with one of Zach's and my favorite people, Doug Tenaple, and say that 100 percent of men are uh, sex addicted. 100 percent of us. Of course, we are. Yeah. 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 No. So but, but just, we're, we're but, human yeah. men. But I do right. find it interesting just due to the fact that there was so much um, art art, and, and especially during the Renaissance period of time that involved nudity. Uh, yes. And many of which were considered to be Christian uh, Christian art pieces in nature. Uh, I believe Michelangelo was, uh, was speaking to a church official and the church official was talking to him about the fact that he always showed nudity in his, uh, in his images. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo said that he... Um, Michelangelo said that I want to see people as God sees people. And then the church official said, Michelangelo, you are not God. You cannot see people as God sees people hmm. in, your, in your most basic nude state. You, you are still a person. You are still a yeah. man. You are still a lustful human being. Sure. I'm not. Interesting. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, this is blanket. If you don't have a problem with it, if you've not been convicted of it, I don't want to I don't want to push it on you. I think Paul would probably back me up on that a little bit. But with me. Yeah, I couldn't do it. There is there is a lot of nudity and slashers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a gateway to like horror. A lot of times is the gateway to nudity. That's yes. very, very true. I would argue that. So I'm not just dis- I'm not just. Dis- uh, dissing your point. I agree with you, actually. But I'm saying uh, anything, can, I think anything in oh, the yeah. realm yeah. of horror could potentially be a stumbling block. Let's talk about going forward a few times in the scriptures when horror 
reared its head in the form of stories that sound very similar to horror movies. And let's okay. try and compare and see if if these would make the A24 Blumhouse cut. <laughs> so um, this one is by far the worst one, in my opinion. Uh, I would say this is probably like the one movie I would never be able to watch. And it's the Levite and the Concubine from Judges, Judges 19. Yeah, okay. Judges is pretty edgy. So I'm going to yeah. read that. This is the Bible. This is not me dressing it up. While they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house. So it's this guy and he has been invited into the home of this other man and he brought his concubine with him. And the concubine had like cheated on him, but they had reconciled and they're kind of back together. So the men start pounding on the door and they shouted to the old man who in the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went outside and said, no, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now and you can have use. Uh, you can use them to do to them whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing already. That's a huge problem. Yes. <laughs> Then it says, but the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine. So the main character guy, the Levite, uh, took his concubine. Um, let me. Uh, 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 uh. Yep. He took his concubine and sent her outside to them. And they raped and abused her throughout the night. And at dawn, they let her go. And at daybreak, the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door and lay there until day till daylight. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, like, oh, I'll just go on my way now. There lay his concubine fallen in the doorway of the house with her hands on the threshold. I don't know if at this point she's dead or not. I'm not really sure. A lot of people say she is or is not, depending on what, how you read this. He said to her, get up, let's go. But there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine limb by limb into 12 parts and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, such a thing has never been seen or done. Not since the day the Israelites came up from out of Egypt. Just imagine we must do something. So speak up. How horrific a tale. Yes. You know, and, 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 and yeah. let's let's remind people the Levites, that was the religious that was tribe. The priest mm -hmm. caste. Yeah, this, this was the priest caste yeah. of, of the of the is of the Israel. Imagine people. that being a movie. Couldn't imagine it. A Christian would not be able to tolerate a second of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It so, all goes back to Judges one, where it says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And so it's making this point about this is what happens when human morality takes over. That's exactly yes. what I wanted to make a point about evil. are evil. <laughs> the next one, um, the Witch of Endor part. Uh, so I, I it's, no, it's Endor is where the Ewoks yeah. live, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. the Witch of Endor story, me and Zach have talked about on our one Halloween episode of, yeah. uh, I guess, last year. The spiritual. Uh, so episode. about ghosts. Yes. Because I made the argument that ghosts are a thing they acknowledge in the Bible. But yeah, yeah. Um, so. In 1 Samuel 28, um, Saul has not only goofed up a lot as a leader, but he has also basically like forgotten all about God. He is not a not a godly man. Right. And as a result, God has turned away from him. But he, in desperation, knowing that the I guess the Philistines are coming, uh, Philistia, 
they're going to come and wreak havoc on his city. And he goes and gets this witch and is like, Hey, you need to help me summon somebody to like get a word to God. And she's like, you're going to kill me. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just this once. It's cool. Go ahead and do it. And she summons a ghost from it's Samuel, the ghost of Samuel. And he literally comes up from the grave. Like, uh, the nightmare before the night before Christmas. What is it? No, no, no. A Christmas Not Carol. Mayor before Christmas. A Christmas Carol. What's the one with the ghost yeah. of Christmas past? Jack yeah. Skellington. Yeah. He literally floats up from yes. the ground. Yeah, Christmas Carol. Like if you can imagine Samuel and he's like in his like ghostly robes, like Whoa. And he goes, What's this? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> this magic in the air. You're about to be killed tomorrow by an army. All right. So uh so he so he tells he tells Saul straight up, he's like Yeah, the reason why you're not hearing from God is because God is like left you high and dry. Man. And tomorrow you and all of your sons and your people are going to be hanging out with me. And he meant like be dead in the ground. Spooky. And so yeah. then he's like, no. And he doesn't, he's so afraid that he like doesn't eat. And the witch who I guess is supposed to be like looked down upon is like the nicest person in the story. And that she kind of was like, listen, you're a scumbag. Uh, you were probably going to kill me if it were any other circumstance, but let me go get you some bread and like, let you find a place mm. to like sleep. Yeah. And then he literally, the next couple of uh, chapters, he literally is found like having killed himself. He asks his servant to kill him. Servant won't do it. And he's just like, fine. That's he just like falls on his sword. Battle, but yeah. yeah. So he was like, Zoiks. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've already seen, uh, you know, the, this is, a ghost story. The mm. first one was a a twenty four mean spirited like like horrible story. Yeah, judges the unrated cut is oh my gosh. pretty pretty intense. Imagine if the Bible yeah. a show did judges. Well, I mean, yeah, I think I think the Bible did do judges. I haven't seen all of it, so I don't know exactly like how they handled it. But yeah, Samson uh, that would be I mean, bad. Samson killed over three hundred people with a. With a with jawbone. Donkey, yeah, with I a believe, jaw. Donkey's jaw. I believe. A jonkey's um, doll. Yeah, yeah, the jonkey's doll. <laughs> I do believe that um, uh, Pure Flix made a Samson movie recently yeah. um, that was apparently terrible because it made Samson mm. out to be a hero and a good guy. Yeah. Well, Samson is not. I have seen. For I, sure. I have seen a musical of Samson at the Sight and Sound Theater in Branson, Missouri, and I will tell you. They make the point at the beginning, he was a hero, just not the kind of hero that you wanted. The you, hero you that like a bad hero, not the like, hero not that, that Gotham deserved, the hero that Gotham <laughs> needed. So, okay, next. Gosh, the next. hero that Israel needed. A, a God decreed cannibalism story. Here we go. Setting the stage. Therefore, behold, so this, this is, is Jeremiah 19, starting in verse 6. Therefore, behold, days this are coming, declares the Lord, when this place shall no more be called Topeth or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. And in this place, I will base for valley of slaughter. Yeah. And in this place, I will make void the plans of Judah and Jerusalem and will cause their people to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hand of those who seek their life. So already we've seen that God is allowing his people to be just slaughtered left and right. So uh, we can talk about whether or not that's evil. And then he says, uh, I will give their dead bodies for food to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth, but not just them. And I will make this city a horror, a thing to be hissed at. <laughs> Anyone who passes 
Anybody who passes by will be horrified and will hiss because of all of its wounds. And I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and their daughters. And everyone shall eat the flesh of his neighbor in the siege and in the distress with which their enemies and those who seek their life afflict them. So, 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 so they're going to put the city under too. siege and cut off all supplies to the point of cannibalism taking place within the city. You yeah. eat your own children. Because that, that's all you got as far as to, 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 for food. I love how that's the same the same prophet yeah. where people quote Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Yeah. Oh, God. And, you know, it's like macrame on like a uh, little home uh, stitched stuff like on grandma's wall. For I, I know I the plans it? I have yes, for you. Yes, plan, plans not well, to harm and you. Jeremiah also wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I admit it's hanging above my above my bed? Heck yeah. 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 Jeremiah 29:11. Okay. Yeah. Probably, in my opinion. Just remember, he wrote this too. That we just oh, read. well, this is hanging above it as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, in my opinion, the second most gruesome next to the uh, concubine one uh, no, no, no. is Je- uh, Jezebel and the... Uh, I, I find this one that made me the most... Arguably, I, I see the point for judges, yeah. but I but this was a very close one for me. Might even be number one for me as far as horrific. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is a story from Second Kings. It is from Second Kings, and starting in verse 30. Then Jehu went to Jezreel... When Jezebel heard about it, she put on makeup, eye makeup and arranged her hair to look out the window. So let me set the stage. She's done all this terrible crap. She got her husband to kill a bunch of people and steal their land. She threatened Elijah and all of this bad stuff happened. And Elijah made a promise. He was like, you're going to be eaten by dogs one day. And I, I you know, God's going to do that to you. So the new guy in town who has taken over the kingdoms and is now like the king of the area comes, shows up. And she puts on makeup and makes her hair up and uh, goes to the window. And the reason she does this, which I've done research on, is because she wanted to appear as though she was still powerful. Some people say it was a sexual thing to try and, like, uh, lower his guard. But most people agree that she wanted to maintain this aura of power that she had kind of built up for herself. She is the bad guy in this story. She is the personified evil. As Jehu entered the gate, she asked, have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master? Which is a reference to a different story in scripture, which I won't get into now, but you should look it up. And in verse 32, he looked up at the window and called out, who is on my side? Who? Two or three Enochs looked down at him. Uh, uh, Eunuchs. Enochs. Eunuchs. So what's interesting um, is that they were part of her retinue. But they were like ready to be done with her. Mm-hmm. And they threw, he yells, throw her down. And so they threw her down, and some of her blood splattered on the wall and the horses as they trampled her underfoot. So they throw her out the window, and horses are like, and the horses just, keep me up at and night. And her body just goes all over the walls and becomes like a grotesque mess. So then Jehu went and ate and drank. He was just like, well, that's done. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. So he still has respect and is like, well, she was part of a lineage, which probably not like just leave her out there. But when he went out to bury her, they found nothing but a skull, her uh, her feet and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, who said, this is the word of the Lord that he spoke through his servant Elijah, the Tishbite, on the plot of ground at 
Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like dung on the ground in the plot at Jezreel. So that no one will be able to say this is Jezebel. So dogs literally ate the remains after she had been, she had suffered the most bloodiest death of being trampled by horses after being flung out a window. <laughs> so if we want to talk about horror, <laughs> let's talk about horror for a minute. It's, the, it's, it's pretty terrible. So uh, dogs eat the rest. And so, uh, can you imagine any of these stories being on veggie, a movie? Veggie Tales. Oh, Veggie Tales. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm the evil quaint tomato girl. Oh, she's kind of mean, don't you think? Unix? <laughs> and it's like three celery stalks. <laughs> they wouldn't even mm, be able we to don't say like the her. word Unix. And it's <laughs> they make it really nice. They have to like push her out and she like falls into a trampoline and like falls into the arms Wee! of two guards. <laughs> Yes. We'll take her away. Bacon <laughs> Bill has no, 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 to no. be there. But if the queen was a tomato, it makes it perfect for them to live out the Bible story. Uh, splatter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. gosh. So I will, I will quickly get through the rest of these. Sorry, there's a lot, but I wanted to make my point. So King Herod dies a worm death. So Acts 12, 21 says, On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Wow. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. So what we're talking about is a tremorous situation, right? Where there are giant, <laughs> there are giant worms coming up. And Ooh, tremors. It's got some Christian. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I love tremors, <laughs> though. But no, so I looked up some research about they did a, a kind of like an ancient autopsy. And then his remains were like kept. And there was like a record of what they assumed would ha would have Whoa. happened. So what they had determined happened was he had these dormant worms in his body from a sexual disease that had mm. rotted his insides. And at that very moment, God like set them to action and they ate him from the inside out. Wow. wow. Holy. Wow. Cow. Okay. So when he was struck down. Now, now, now scientifically mixed with biblically, that's, that's awesome. That's well. It's also the most terrifying. It's, yeah. It's, it's horrific. <laughs> it's horrific. It was like a dormant. I think uh, they didn't, I don't know if they said it was in his in intestines or if it was an organ like down there, but he, he was like, Oh, and then like, he just fell dead. And then you saw like worms just yeah. like starting to, yeah. Could you imagine seeing that? And, and they're like, what killed him? And then, and, and then later they realized, wait a minute, he's got worms inside of him. It's the worms that killed him. God struck him down with worms. And, and yeah, it says in the next line, which is why I left it in there, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. So what happens when you try to stop the word of God? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's funny is that the, the moral of the story wasn't how he died because they spend very little time on it. The moral of the story was that he didn't praise the Lord. Then he died immediately. Then the word yep. continued to flourish and God was right. glorified because Absolutely. he died. Lurid details, you know, aside, like it's funny how that's not, the point and yet it's still in there it's still in still there. there for i don't know the intrigue who knows and the Maybe last one day we'll ask god why <laughs> and the last one also from second kings starting uh -huh. in, uh two starting in verse 23 says 
the Elijah of <laughs> the bear attack from yes. from there. Elijah yeah. went up to Bethel as he was walking along the road. Some boys came out of the town and jeered at him. <laughs> Big mistake. Get out of here, Baldy. They said, get out of here. Baldy. I love this. He turned around, looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Two bears came Colin. out of the woods. We can't understand you, Colin. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just so funny. The story. He turned around and looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 <laughs> of the boys. It's just, it's, it's so ridiculous. And yet it's, it's hey, it's Baldy. What you doing, hey, Baldy? Baldy? It's bears. Don't make yes. fun of a prophet. <laughs> yes. What's funny, too, is that those kids are the quintessential like slasher victims that are too like dumb to li- to live in the movies. They're like, Oh my gosh, what a loser. Right. And then it's like a person's like, mm. and then like later, that's a big thing. Now, to- I, I need to let the audience know my first experience to this verse. I, I, I completely glossed over when, you know, in the past when I've read second Kings, but was, uh, was a, a pastor who, uh, Jamie Jordan, who's been on this podcast before, uh, was one day wearing a T-shirt that said "Respect Your Elders" and it had an, a silhouette of a bear with this reference to just this passage. <laughs> That's amazing. And it just said Second Kings. That's great. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second Kings two twenty three through twenty four. So, but is a Calvinist happy about the children being defeated because God was taking out his enemies? destined to be uh killed by bears so so we are we are we are way over time i'm 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 happy to just let the episode be long but i do think that we should start wrapping up some of the points that we've been making so 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 point number one the bible is horrific it is very very horrific and if we read it and absorb it as as truth we have to at least acknowledge that horror is a part of god's truth yeah that's one point i well it's meant you know it unlike some horror movies, it is meant to glorify God. Yeah, and right. meant to show good versus evil. There yeah. are horror movies that aren't that are just pure. That is true. Um, glorification. And I do believe that yeah. it is possible, more than likely, to be a stumbling block for Christians. Yeah, which is why I'm not going to tell every Christian that it it is appropriate mm-hmm. to just watch whatever you want. But I will say that that from my understanding and from my experience with horror films. I am able to uh, watch something and then say, you know what? This isn't good for me. This is not good for I, I like Steven. He said that he recently stepped away for, for obvious reasons. He, he explained, I stepped away from a movie club. I was a part of because I felt this like dragging down this like depression of like always seeing like the mean spiritedness of these new. Mm -hmm. And I felt in my spirit that, it wasn't good for me. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that it that you should not have that. I think again, it art takes many forms, especially art that that identifies good and evil. Uh, I think it does have its place. But for every individual person, you can make that decision to just not watch them. But I would I say that horror movies in general are evil? I would say no. Yeah. So what, well, then let me ask you this, uh, specifically Colin and Steven, since you guys are much more experts on this, what can horror movies show us that other genres can't? Well, uh, the point we've been making really this whole episode is that it gives us a clear delineation between good and evil. Um, that's, that's at least one, uh, another, another thing. And, uh, 
you know, take this uh, with a grain of salt. I've heard of uh, people who really loved the Friday the 13th movies who were afraid to have sex. Um, I don't know how good that is. <laughs> but, meaning, uh, meaning, meaning that yeah. because anybody who has sex in the movie yeah, is bound yeah, to die, die soon after. Um, uh, That's funny. Oh, I didn't think about that. I would, um, uh, I, I would say also... Uh, uh, this might be getting too specific, but um, Scream, for instance, actually cautions against the uh, overindulgence in horror movies. Um, it is a meta slasher. Yes, it is. It, it makes fun of a lot of slashers. And, it's funny and that, and that works out. That's a term that half our audience won't know what that means. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there is there is another thing that's very interesting about horror that I haven't mentioned till now because I've been waiting. But uh, sure, uh, people now complain. Not kidding. Non-Christians who, who are horror files, horror enthusiasts, complain that a lot of recent horror films are Christian propaganda. Yes. Really? That it, is a that is a complaint a lot of people in the community make because, because of movies the, like The Conjuring, of Insidious, of... Because they are making a clear distinction between good and evil or because the they hero tends God to be a Christian it. who is overcoming the evil of the demonic powers. Well, I've made the argument in the past, which is a kind of a it's still an up in the air argument. So I didn't include in the episode, but I've made the argument that in order for you to have evil at all, you have to at least acknowledge some existence of like a greater good. Yeah. But that Especially is Especially when you're getting into the more supernatural evil. But that is a whole nother episode. That is a huge can of worms and we need to make that in its own episode. So sure. I don't want to but I will say uh, building on top of what Steven said, uh it, it it is a not only does it clearly define good and evil, but I think that also um it if it is if it is horror, it can horror can be a tool to to preach a Christian message and a lot of other genres aren't like romantic comedies and stuff like, well, some of them, so there are romantic comedy Christian movies, I'm sure. But. Sure. Sure. But they are, they are typically Christian looked down Engel. upon. Uh, don't talk about that. Movie. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so, so it's, it's now being revealed that horror can be a tool. Horror films can be a tool for Christian messages yes. and exorcism being a big, big, uh, mm -hmm. one in that, in that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think the view of exorcism and demonic uh, possession might be one of the biggest benefits that horror could provide that just is simply other genres don't really lend themselves to very well. And the exorcism yes. of Emily Rose is another film that really does push a Christian message. Yes, mm. that's that's probably another um, uh, horror movie that I'd probably almost blanket recommend. Uh, there's, I, I would say there's really yeah. not a whole lot wrong with it necessarily, except that... Mm -hmm. There, there is some promiscuity in college stuff. Yeah, and and if you really hate Catholic people, that's not going to go well for you. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> so but we shouldn't hate Catholic people. So, so the, so yeah, I would say that 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 I'd say the horror genre does a lot. I'd say uh, it does a lot other genres can't do. Yeah. Um, but there, there is there is absolutely the other side. There is the exploitation aspect of just showing a lot of gore, a lot of sex, for the uh, the shock value. Uh, there are a lot of films that I just do not like for that reason. They, they, you know, and I would say that a lot of times there are films that are so mean spirited that they glorify the evil, you know, like movies like the strangers at the end, there's just like, they're like, well, bye. And they just like kill the two people and leave or, mm -hmm. or, uh, the devil's rejects and stuff that just gets like really mean spirited. But, um, but yeah, so the last kind of point I want to make, cause we, we really need to roll along is, uh, do any of you have any, uh, 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 
recommendation mm. Christian uh, horror films or horror films that you would recommend to a new Christian that has never seen one. Mm. Yeah, I was. I want to echo the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Like, I think that's a pretty good one. Oh yeah, you talked like, about that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, if if you're gonna watch a movie dealing with a demon possession, like I think that's one of my favorites. Um, and I just think um, just the way it kind of portrays everything in it, and it's funny because it. It's al- it almost has a Christian message because it leaves this debate kind of hanging in the air. Like, did the priest really do yeah. the right thing or not? And I don't know. It it, it made me think. So I like yeah. I like when a movie does that. It's also notable that it's directed by Scott Derrickson, a famous uh, Christian horror filmmaker. Um, most most famous for either Emily Rose or Doctor Strange. He also directed Doctor Strange oh, recently. Um, interesting. My friend Dustin's a huge fan of that film. I've never watched it. He likes the he's he's talked about that director being very good. Maybe I should watch it. Yeah. Um, I would you? I would recommend. There's there's at least two ones I want to fairly strongly recommend. Um, uh, I would say almost all of the Universal classic monster movies. Okay. Um, they are ah. set. They are set within the worldview of their time, um, and that is a much more a much more traditional worldview than we have going on now. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. if if you're a Christian, um, occasional glimpses of cleavage. Um, I would say. And Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. There's a swinging leg. Okay, and that's really tantalizing. (laughs) Uh, I would also say um, uh, probably the the best part out of, or or the best movies in in that series, I would probably say um, uh, anything with Frankenstein in the title, almost all of it. Especially Young Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. But but no, I I would say probably... um, uh, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are uh, two masterpieces. Um, James Whale, um, uh, one of the uh, the great directors of his time period, uh, and undervalued. Um, I would also say uh, probably Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein uh, is really <laughs> funny and I'm has one of that. the sounds great. one of the best casts in movie history. Okay. Period. Uh, really great. Um, I would also. Uh, recommend the Wolfman uh, if you want to talk about struggling with um, uh, with the animal part of your human nature. Uh, hmm. That's that's a big one. Um, and despite the fact that that's a bunch of Americans who really want to say that they're English, but they're not. They're not <laughs> British. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. sounds like he's from the Midwest because yeah. he's from the Midwest. Uh, I think. Um, and then uh, I would say from more recent times, I would say uh, Sinister is a pretty good one. Also directed by uh, Scott Derrickson, supposedly based on his experience uh, doing research for Emily Rose uh, to a degree. Um, I would also recommend probably The Babadook. Uh, my, my friend Jeff's, Babadook's pretty good. My friend Jeff's uh, favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, I would say that it deals, it's not directly dealing with Christianity, but it definitely deals with um, loss yeah, and depression and how a family can fall apart from it mm-hmm. and how that can almost materialize physically. And if you want one of the least problematic slasher movies ever, um, and, and this is going to sound silly, Friday the 13th part six. I love this movie. Tommy Jarvis comes back, baby. Yes, he's it's it's really it's more it's, over the top and fun. It's a horror comedy. Uh, it's kind of making fun of the Friday the 13th movies. 
I have a buddy, Melvin. The director just has fun with it. Yes, yes. I I have a buddy, Melvin, who's uh, a huge Friday the 13th Part 6 fan. He's probably the biggest Part 6 fan on the planet um, and hates the rest of the Friday the 13th movies pretty much. So (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Really good movie. So I guess my, yeah, no, so my uh, only recommendations would be... um, the ones we've already mentioned, The Quiet Place, Conjuring. Oh, yeah, Quiet Place, too. Um, so It's a really good one. I'm a huge... I, I champion a particular Stephen King miniseries, but it's I, I just call it a movie. I have the two-disc DVD set from, like, the early 2000s. Uh, but it's called Rose Red, and it's about a bunch of um, psychics that come and are hired by a, a university professor to come and be in a house and communicate and kind of, like churn up the ghosts that are in the house. And one of the characters is a very strong Christian. And uh, there are some great parts with her where uh, she reveals that uh, she always starts things uh, to quit them. And she has this like compulsion that she needs to overcome. And she's working with the Lord to overcome this. And then there are two parts of the movie. One part is where she leaves because this one guy's being really nasty and he goes, you should never go out alone. And she goes, I don't go alone. Jesus goes with me everywhere. <laughs> and like she she kind of pro- procla- proclaims Jesus throughout the film, and it's really good. Um, is it really better than Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> Maximum <laughs> Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive is the best movie ever made. Oh, my so God. Also the, also you made some very also the most Christian. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's a fun. So, so I would recommend that one for Christians, but it's it's pretty long. But Bob, do you have any before we close out? Well, before we close, I, I don't have any movies there, but I do have one other question to ask. Okay. And and that is, um, and I did want to bring up the fact there are some some objections that many Christians might have to uh, uh, to the horror film genre in general that, yeah. that, that need to be properly addressed. And okay, I, go ahead. Because I do think they do have some valid points here. And one of them is we talked about uh, glorifying evil and we talked about how that happens in other genres as well. Um, yeah. And, and is obviously a concern. And you even address that a lot of the slashers and things like that. Yeah. Um, but also the idea of becoming numb and callous to horrific parts. Desensitization. Desen- yes, exactly. And I honestly think this is a very fair point because of the fact that one of the things we didn't talk about, we really didn't talk much about the crucifixion and the gore and horrificness that that mm, was that's from true. the Bible. That's we true. become, as Christians in many ways, desensitized to that. Or one of the most horrific things in all of the Bible, I honestly think of, is, is, the, is, the, is the last plague in Egypt. The plague of death, mm-hmm. where sure. every yeah. single firstborn child is killed by God's angel of death in the night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. I mean, absolutely yeah. horrific in many respects there. But we come to desensitize to this because we've heard Especially the story the, so like, many times. Yeah, the Rugrats version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Rugrats. <laughs> yes, and yeah. it's, it's, so my point is that desensitization happens even with the biblical text. That's and not and not just with other films and other genres and other things we experience. I think, ways it's true. I think it's a problem with the human heart more yeah. than it is uh, a problem with um, horror films themselves. Now, I mean, if you if you feel yourself being desensitized and you feel like, you know, convicted about that, I, I say, you know, yeah. think about that. It's more yeah. like what like I guess my two issues are like how it's being used by the artists that are using the medium right and then two how it's affecting you as a person and so those are the two yeah. things you got to think about so I guess my answer would be no that it's not evil in and of itself because it really is just a 
just a tool of storytelling. Yep. Right. And so it can be stories using it can be evil, I think, but yeah. the tool itself can be used for good. Yes. And the very last point I want to bring up, and this is one that I've heard many, many Christians will quote this, and that is Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, yeah. whatever's noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And they say, mm, how can I watch horror films if it's not pure or lovely or yeah. right or admirable or praiseworthy or, or the, and they follow these things, but what they lose is the context by which this pa- this verse is written in, and that context is Paul is addressing two women, and that is Eudoa Iodia. This is in verse two, uh, chapter four, verse two is Philippians Iodia and Sententia, Sententia, um, to be of the same mind in, in the Lord. To basically, these two women are squabbling, are, are mm. arguing, and causing conflict to the point to where Paul, in a completely different location, has to mention them by name in a letter and saying, you two need to put mm. your conflicts aside and recognize that this is that you're, to be, uh, you're of the same mind in Christ. And yeah. that is the context he's referencing. He's not saying he, – he's talking about whatever is pure when interacting with each other, whatever is noble when you're dealing with each other, whatever is right when you're dealing with each other. He doesn't say shield yourself from these things that are in the world. Yeah. They didn't have horror movies back then. <laughs> yeah. Right. Most but people there was, don't know that. But <laughs> so but there was horrific things that were no doubt taking place in their day yeah. and age and that they were not necessarily sheltering themselves from ever from ever ex- experiencing them, but recognizing sure. those evils. So could we say that maybe that could apply to the fact that there's a big debate raging over horror movies and maybe we should look at what's good about them and what's bad about them equally and then judge them by that. Yeah, there you absolutely. Go. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so yeah, so, so th- those are some of the things, some of the objections I think need to be addressed and that, that many Christians rightfully bring up. And, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah. Mm, yeah. Another one I would probably add there is that, um, you know, for some people it's just, it's not good for them to be scared. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, um, you know, Zach, you talked about, was it your mother who saw the exorcist and yeah. was seeing the, uh, uh, Re- Reagan in the trees and stuff. It's probably not good for her to watch those. And the reason is that maybe, <laughs> maybe, um, that's, that's, those are a conduit for her fear. We're told mm. so many times not to be afraid. And, yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion that a lot of the time horror movie, horror movies aren't creating fear. They're exercising our fear. But, if if it's creating fear in you mm. and it's it's making you worry, uh, we're told many times not to worry. If that's the case, then you probably True. shouldn't be watching them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it it's. Yeah. I mean, it's really a personal thing. It, I think not. I wasn't trying to uh, 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 disagree with your point, but I I would argue that a lot of what we view and see. Uh, everybody has a personal like stumbling like yeah. limit in different ways. I uh, I tend to um, have issues with uh, my body and like eating junk food and things like that. <laughs> so it's not good for me to be in like 
around Halloween candy. I'll just like eat all of it. You know, that's a bad example, but you get what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You, you, you've got to keep yourself in check. Absolutely. Sure. And, and so there are ways and, and that by we what can you expose yourself to. We and and I think God calls us to that to say like. Yeah. And Paul makes that distinction too about the personal. I think a lot of these things that we're talking about on is it evil are kind of you could go back to Paul and say like, well, is it an issue that does matter to Paul? Okay, we have to be done. Yep. Yeah, we've gone so long to be done. But it was such a great episode. um, And uh, I'm so thankful to Stephen for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Thank Uh, you guys for having me. And uh, we we will uh, check you all next time. Please check us out on uh, all of our podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Leave some spooky, spooky stars for us. Hey, comment on Facebook. Tell us what you think of this. Peace. Peace.